talking. That's all I need you to do is just yeah, chat. I will pontificate. <laughs> well, let's do that together. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. And, and uh, you too, I, honey. I'm, I'm kind of a fan, and I don't want that to kind of overshadow my conversation with you, but I, I enjoy good action movies and, uh, and, the, and, and fun action movies. Absolutely, uh, were, the way they should be. <laughs> when you were a kid growing up, did you, did you like that type of movie over others? Oh, my goodness. I grew, well, I'm a child of the 80s video boom. Uh, right, so VHS video. Well, beat, I'm so old that Betamax <laughs> video is still part of my language. Um, but anyway, so VHS and, and growing up in the Midlands of the UK, so the, the rural part of England, there were no cinemas nearby. Mm. So I went to, I think the, the first movie I remember ever going to see was Close Encounters of the Third Kind with my grandparents who didn't understand the movie at all. And I didn't understand the movie at all because I was like five. <laughs> but the spectacle and the extraordinary nature was incredible. Um, and then James Bond, I think it was Diamonds Are Forever with my wow. dad. So they kind of loom large. So that I'm, I'm a genre fan. I, I just love genre movies. So in the 80s, I got I sort of grew up on American action and horror movies. So that's why I, I lean into that genre. So all the, I remember seeing a, it's probably, it's, it's 40 years ago, so I can say it, like an illegal copy of Terminator, which mm. somebody had got on VHS and watching that with my friends and just being so completely blown away. But the movie that started me wanting to be a filmmaker was Alien. Mm. I was obsessed with that film and it was years before I, I was old enough to see it, but it's the first film I became aware that somebody had made it. You know, like when your little films just exist. Yeah. Right. But this one, I knew that Giga had designed the alien and, and, you know, Dan O'Bannon had written it and Ridley Scott had made it. And it's the first time it came into my world that you can, these things are created. They're thought about. And it was so profoundly important to me. And to this day, I'm still chasing an alien project. I heard that Noah Hawley's doing Alien as a TV series for, I think, Fox or Disney Plus. Mm. And I said to my agents, if you don't get me on that show, everyone's fired. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, you know, those those movies are life changing films. I remember the, the movie that got me interested in filmmaking was The Red Balloon. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, then that, I'm a lot older than you are. And that's that just changed my life. I wanted to know how they made it. Yeah. And, I mean, it becomes a thing because you realize that so many people get involved. And when you start reading screenplays and, and I didn't want to be a filmmaker. That's the other thing. I wanted to be a vet. Hmm. So natural history and, and science are absolutely my passions. And I had no idea about becoming a filmmaker at all until. So I, I sort of. I was a vet's assistant and I ran wildlife hospitals and I was completely going down that path, but I didn't work hard enough at school. So I left school at 15, 16 to work mm -hmm. as an assistant to a wildlife filmmaker. So they taught me photography and filmmaking. And then I ended up on TV in the UK as a teenager hosting wildlife and nature programs. <laughs> and then with that money, I bought like one of those big old VHS video cameras, like the size of a car that you point. And I started making short films. And everyone said, oh, you want to make short films about animals? I went, no, I want to blow shit up because that was the other thing exactly. I really like to do. So <laughs> these, and, and I've been trying to get these passions to come together for, for decades. You know, first of all, trying to build a career as a filmmaker, which took forever. And then well, slowly getting back to making stuff, which is about what I care about. Yeah, well, you've, you've, you've managed to blow shit up in, in your last two movies, so. Absolutely, right? Yeah, Rogue was, uh, you know, I, and I want to say that 
I, I love directors that can see things in people that, uh, you know, most people can't. First of all, Megan Fox, you know, as an action star, what a what a brilliant idea. And then Jerry O'Connell, you know, as an evil dude. Yeah. Again, it's it's playing against type. They did that with Leslie Nielsen. He started as a yeah. bad guy, became a good he did, guy. That's and, right. And, and I was blown away by O'Connell's performance. Jerry's great. I mean, he's so good in this movie. Um, and, and a real surprise. And, I, and the truth is, we got I got we I got Jerry by accident, obviously, because he's married to Rebecca. Yeah. So we would then this movie, the whole creation of endangered species was it was it was a, like an accident of covid because we were all locked down. And I had this project that I wanted to make and it was sitting there and I was doing Halo in Budapest mm. um, for Showtime. And we got canned or, you know, we got suspended like everybody else did sent home. I, I never got to shoot a frame of Halo, even though I was doing the two season finale episodes, which are going to be amazing. And I was like a day away from shooting. We all got sent home. I got stuck in the UK. I couldn't get back into the US where I live because of my paperwork, because they closed everything down totally. So suddenly I was on my own. My kids live in the UK. So I, was, I took an Airbnb near them. And I was like, what am I going to do for the next? And knew, nobody knew how long it was going to take. So my producing partner who made Rogue with me, we were, this and, and Endangered Species was like the second of the, I'm making three of these kind of Africa eco action mm -hmm. movies. And this was the second one, which we planned to do straight after Rogue. We couldn't, I was going to do Halo. Then it's like, what can we make this? We couldn't get into South Africa because it was closed entirely to international people. Hmm. We were looking around at maps and, and I remember saying, what about Kenya? Is Kenya still open? And I'd always wanted to go to Kenya, as, even as, as a naturalist. I was obsessed with the country, but had never been there. And like Kenya was still open for production. So then it was like, can we do this? Can we make, can we go there, make this little movie? And there was no money at all now. So the budget had been completely <laughs> slashed. I knew I wanted Phil Winchester because Phil's my guy. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was going to be a really interesting lead role for him. We were looking for you know, the female lead. We ended up with Rebecca, who's great. She was willing to travel. It was one of those things, who's willing to travel? Who's willing to yeah. try this? And Rebecca said, well, I'll come, but I've got to bring my family. And she said, they've got two, two kids. And Jerry, and I was like, well, what, Jer Jerry O'Connell, Jerry? I was like, yeah. I said, would Jerry be interested in being in the movie? And Jerry was like, I just want to come. I'll lift boxes. I'll, 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 I'll paint things. I don't care. I just want to be involved. I said, do you want to be, you know, do you want to be the, the hunter? He's like, yeah. And it was, that, it, it was that. It was like, I got Jerry by accident. And he, he reveled in it. He know, completely and, smashed it. It's a great performance, and 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 again, really so um, uh, unexpectedly great. Totally. I mean, I think he surprised himself a little bit because <laughs> he's a really fun actor, and obviously, he's been in the business since he was a kid. So you know, and and it's not it's not even autopilot because the other thing about shooting in African countries, and obviously, we say Africa. Africa is like fifty countries, and they're all different. So as Westerners, I've got to be careful about just saying Africa generically, Kenya. But a lot of these countries I've been to in Africa, they do change people's lives. I think, you know, South Africa changed Megan when we did Rogue, for mm. sure. It changed Megan Fox. It changed me when I first went there. It's changed Phil. Everybody who goes to Africa with me kind of gets changed, whether it's because they're working on a crazy production of mine or the place itself is different. But so Jerry was really connecting to, to Kenya as a country. And then... Also, he says the most important things in the movie for me as a writer. Mm. The words I put in his mouth are really important words. Even though he's the villain, 
you know, he talks about, you know, the rights of, you know, we, we to judge how Africans and Kenyans and South Africans and Botswanas, how they treat their own country and our judgment of them. You know, and I think that's, those are important words, even he's doing it in a villainous way. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was, I'm thrilled with Jerry. Thrilled. Well, and the movie itself is it's just a nonstop, you know, roller coaster. It, it, you know, it's one of those back to, like you said, the 80s kind of fun disaster kind of movies where everything seems to go wrong and uh yeah um, it, it's fun to watch that kind of thing keep throwing obstacles in front of your well that's what i've always done right i've done it in, when i was doing strike back obviously for the, sort of how many seasons i was involved in that four four or five seasons the, the the rule was always escalate yeah if you can and it can get ridiculous and definitely definitely it's in my nature to make things ridiculous if i if, if i don't have people around me just holding me back because I would, you know, I just go bigger and bigger and bigger, right? If I could. Yeah, and you got to do that with Ash versus the Evil Dead. You, you totally. I mean, well, that's a show where that is completely allowed. So, <laughs> and you know, I, I I had a possessed demon car in Ash versus Evil Dead. I, you know, Bruce Bruce Willis, Bruce Campbell, <laughs> Bruce Campbell's sorry, Bruce Bruce Campbell, um, fighting like a matador with his possessed car on fire. Try it, and you go, yes, I love it when you can do this. That's because of Sam Raimi's legacy of he's a again, he's a director of excess. Um, and I'm and I'm I'm English, so I, I get a little bit more, more reserved in places, but in terms of doing the action, yeah, for endangered species, for me, it's a much more restrained piece because it's like a mini disaster movie, it's just this family and what happens to them. And you know, I lean into some character stuff and I get I think I get great performances from the kids. Um, so as a unit, it's sort of interesting and. Again, resources-wise, yeah. in terms of you know the, the animal, the animal enemies, and I hate referring you know having the animals as baddies because they're just doing what they do. But you know, with Rogue, we had a digital lion, which is like a little bit wobbly in terms of its quality of its effects. So I, you know, it's like I had to pull back from that a little bit with this. So I only have thirty VFX shots in the whole movie. All the animals are digital because I won't don't want real animals on the yeah. set. Um, you know, and you go. You have to use them carefully. Like you don't want them too close. You don't. You want them to feel like they're real and they really exist. But at the same time, you know, you want to use them in the way that you can. There are times, actually, really shooting. In we shot in Amboseli in Kenya, which is famous for its elephants. I didn't want elephants in the movie, and <laughs> weirdly, it was finding landscapes without elephants in. You point the camera, and there's like, oh god, there's fifty elephants over there. No, oh, let's point the camera somewhere else. Too many elephants is not a problem I thought I'd ever have no, in my never. life. Um, in our final moments that we have together, I mean, I enjoy the tip of the hat that you give to, you know, Alien and and all of that in your movies, because you do do that isolation thing where you're cutting people off further and further, and it's got a claustrophobic feel. And I, it's a, it's a brilliant idea to have that claustrophobic feel in the middle of a savanna. I mean, yeah. That's that's yeah. a brilliant piece of cinematography. Thank you. I mean, you're never lonelier than when you're in the, in the middle of nowhere, right? <laughs> because even though you know you commune with nature, but nature doesn't care about you. It doesn't care about us. And the, the landscapes are so extraordinary. But yeah, the, the you know the movie is a fun movie to make, and I hope it's a fun movie to watch. You know, and, huge challenge. It's my it's my COVID gift to the world. And it's uh, we accept it with uh, open arms. Uh, in our final seconds, what do you think people are going to pull from the movie? 
Well, I mean, honestly, I hope they read the final message. And that's that the, these are the things that I don't like making message movies, which are overt. But the thing is, it is it is a conservation message movie. And you do see a couple of images which are upsetting. And I hope it just gives people a, a moment of awareness. And same with Rogue. It's like, it, you know, with Rogue, Rogue was an anti-lion farming movie. And South Africa has just changed its laws on lion farming. So I do feel that these movies, which can be entertainment in and of themselves, can also help bring a little bit of awareness. If I've done that, then I'm, I'm happy. Well, I can't wait to talk to you on the next one as well. You're such a great conversation. And uh, next time I'm in LA, I'm going to look you up and take you out for a cup of coffee or something. Because It will be great, Tony. I'd love to. And I've got to come to Utah at some point. I just found out my, my great-grandfather is buried in Eureka Cemetery. Wow. Well, we, we can... And I'm we thinking can, of, thinking of prepping my next movie and, out there. Take you over there and, and you can pay your respects. But I, again... Uh, talking with somebody who loves movies like this is 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 a great conversation, MJ. Thank you so Thank much you, for Tony. your time. My pleasure. Always. Anytime, Tony. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.